I'm Joyce Young. I'm a photographer, film producer, podcaster. Make sure you also follow us um, and subscribe to the Apple Podcast, Spotify, YouTube for H and Powerhouse. Co-host it with Nicole from uh, H and NFT, amazing collection, beautiful artwork by Mr. Hike, and celebrating diversity and female empowerment while focusing on building community. So, I'm Lily Wu, uh, co-founder of Wow Pixies, also startup partner lead at Stripe and an illustrator, and so much more. So, I'm looking forward to talk to her, and she can describe her journey as well. Let's get started. So, Lily, if you could just tell us a little bit about Wow Pixies. First and how you got started into that. Thanks for having me. Really, really honored to be here. My name is Lily. I am and the co-founder of Wild Pixies DAO. We are the first social DAO to invest into the women-led ecosystem. We raised $2 million in four days using NFTs to help fundraise and buy up other women-led projects so that women who don't typically have the opportunity to fundraise with VCs can have the opportunity for their fans, their consumers to support them in this new space. A bit about myself, you know, I have a day job at Stripe. I'm a startup partner lead. I work directly with a lot of VCs and accelerators in the Southeast Asia plus greater China ecosystem building up startups. So I see very much on a day-to-day basis how little funding go to women within venture capital. So that's kind of what attracted me into the NFT and DAO space to begin with. That's amazing. Can you talk a little bit more how you uh, started the idea? I mean, it's great that other women-led NFTs and you came up with a DAO to actually then you know invest in all the nfts so that people have awareness and get the ball rolling for different nft projects as well so that's amazing concept we'd love to hear a bit more about how that transpired yeah so i got into the nft space in march last year because i am also an artist and illustrator my parents were both artists and i grew up drawing a lot and so in the beginning of last year i was actually employed like i had gotten a job at apple and unfortunately it fell through because of some visa issues since i'm an australian working in singapore and so because of that unexpected period I was unemployed for four months and so whilst I was looking for a new job I started doing commissions a lot of commissions for friends families people around Instagram called the traveling sketchbook during that period a lot of my friends would say hey you know you should look into NFTs this guy people just like sold 70 million dollars I don't know what it is but you should look into it I'm into my first thing in March or April I spent 200 dollars and was like why did I spend this money I have no idea what is happening like a few months later I, I bought my first NFT and that was cool cats closely after I bought World of Women when it had just minted. At the time, I didn't see a lot of women representation. I was like, wow, you know, asking my friend, should I get this? Like, I, I love this art. And my friend said, hey, I don't recommend it because 90% of the space are men. It's never going to do well because men just wouldn't relate to this type of art. And I was like, oh, wow, okay. That's very cynical. I'm going to buy three. So I bought three World of Women NFTs and immediately the next day, Gary V posted about it. It went from like 0.3 to two ETH and I sold it both two of them for two and 2.5 ETH the next day that's kind of how I got into this rabbit hole I was like holy crap what is this thing and so you know as I was kind of looking more deeply in the space I started subconsciously buying more and more women-led projects and the reason was because First of all, I love the idea that artists, creators were able to generate revenue, but also in perpetuity, this kind of royalty aspect. The other thing was that when I first saw projects like Boss Beauties, I was like, wow, these are women entrepreneurs who have been doing business for 10 years. They're not going anywhere. So if I put my money into them, you know, they're going to keep going no matter whether market at the moment goes up or down. Women tend to do it for the long run, for the tenacity it's hard to raise money anyway so you have to find sustainable income okay i'm just i'm gonna start buying more and more into women-led projects wild pixies dow really was you know a tribute 
initially to World of Women. That's why my two co-founders, both World of Women, we met through the World of Women Discord. And then we wanted to create a DAO where we could first buy the World of Women royalty NFT, which splits 2% of royalty transactions amongst 19 holders that hold a specific World of Women NFT. And then we would use that money generated monthly revenue to help and also buy up and basically support other women entrepreneurs in the space. By doing that, we can then pass on the benefits those NFTs hold to our members as well, who cannot afford at the time 10 ETH for one world of women. That's a great idea and amazing journey. I actually didn't know about that story. Are you saying that it's kind of like a fractionalization of the world of women? Because you said it's divided by 19 holders, right? So um, world of women itself within its collection, it's not publicly like super well known because they've taken it from the website Obviously, there's probably some security questions, but since it's a very low number and people don't buy World of Women for the royalties, it's kind of borderline, not a security. What it is, is that when they launched, there's specifically 19 royalty World of Women that have a coin necklace and a coin earrings. The thing was like for 18 months, they would split 2% of all of monthly royalties amongst these 19 NFTs that have the coin earrings and coin necklace. And so one of the first things we did as a DAO was to make sure that we can tie our success as well to a more you know, higher volume transaction project. And so we bought that so that it would give us at least another 12 months runway because you can't, sometimes you just can't rely on your monthly royalties to keep afloat. We bought it for 135 ETH and the first month we got it, it already paid us 23 ETH. And so, you know, if you imagine six months, eight months, it would have paid back the NFT and then it would be another four months, five months of profit. And then we can still sell the NFT. As a byproduct, a lot of the things that the World of Women project has, we would, you know, have all the monthly airdrops, art drops. We also allow our Pixie members to swap Pixies for items within the vault at the moment. And so it gives our community members kind of a portal into the World of Women kind of ecosystem, but also all of the other 13, 14 different projects that we have bought into as well. Wait, what? Did, did you just say that your vault, like you bought a World of Women for 100 E? Yeah. And it's a, That's insane. It's a royalty one. So it gives us monthly yeah. royalties. That's why. I didn't yeah. even know that. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and because we put such a big investment in it, that's why it's like it's a derivative of, of World of Women. Okay, now it makes sense. Wow. <laughs> so that World of Women, was it a good investment then? Yeah, I think so. Right now, it's paid off around more than half of the one that we, we've already bought. So, you know, it will at least give us some, you know, extra runway for the rest of this year. And then, yeah, then we can still, we can still sell it. Do you know, like, who are the rest of the 17 holds? I mean, like, if you guys hold one of them. You can probably just check on OpenSea and see who are the holders. Like, do you know if it's anyone, like, reputable or something? We bought it off OX7, who was a major World of Women holder, but I'm actually not sure who the rest of the, the holders are. I'm pretty sure one of the celebrities bought one. If you do my research, then I will update you guys. I know. I, I think Nicole's <laughs> going to go after this and go buy one. Yeah, I'm like, that's like homework. Yeah, I'm going to assign it to my team. So let's find out who, who are the rest of the holders. Yeah, so I'm, I'm slightly confused then. If someone, you know, buy the WoW Pixies NFT, you're saying some of the benefits are passed to the WoW Pixie holders. Is that, is that part yeah. of the... Okay. So, yeah, it, it's a couple of ways. The first way is that, you know, when we partner, we try to buy pretty diversified number of projects that have different, serve different purposes. And I, we will also put out a proposal to buy Asian leaders so that we can so partner on a couple of things. Typically, Ooh, one, let's go! But, for example for projects like Curious Addies 
they're an educational NFT. They've built three courses with NAS Academy surrounding like intro to NFTs, like intro to Web3, to like to crypto and to web development in Web3. You know, they're each worth around like $150. These courses alone are worth almost, you know, $500. And so we bought 40 or so Curious Addies and they gave us almost like 200 codes and everyone who was a WoW Pixie was given access for a period of time, whoever wanted to put their wallet in to log into NAS Academy and do those courses. Um, and also because Curious Addies is now a partner of Zen Academy, then we can say, hey, we have 40 Curious Addies. So 40 of our members can go into Zen Academy's courses, but also their Discord as well. So that's that flow effect of the perks that are given to our holders. Likewise, for Meta Angels, you know, they have that YC kind of accelerator for Web3. And so because they have the lending function on, in their smart contract, we can physically just lend out our Meta Angels once a month to holders who want to participate in those accelerators or in their kind of art programs with Adobe, etc. So each of those, we try to find what are the benefits and, you know, Flower Girls, we're going to do partnerships with them as well since we hold um, Flower Girls. So each of those, since we hold them, their benefits and whenever they hold competitions, we can also participate through the DAO and give those rewards to our holders. That is super interesting and seems very value added, very much value added, right? In terms of those uh, starting out or just kind of getting out of just collecting NFT in itself. This sounds amazing. Was it hard because you've you know done different type of well professionally you've done different have different journeys. Was it difficult to then start the DAO? Yeah, how much of a learning curve did you have to get up to speed and learning all this and putting it all together at the same time? A bit about my my personal journey. You know, I you know like what what I said previously. Like both my parents were artists. And so I, the first time I saw NFTs, I saw a huge potential of like, wow, you know, if my parents sold an art and that art was resold for a million dollars, now they would be able to get royalties. Because during the financial crisis, when I was 15 or 16, my parents went through a really tough time, were making maybe like $100 a week. And so, you know, they had to sell, they had a gallery, they had to sell the gallery, they went back to China. And that was kind of the period when I first discovered entrepreneurship, mainly out of desperation and also out of my own interest. But I tried, you know, getting jobs at McDonald's and KFC just couldn't find one kept getting rejected and so I started arbitraging these Adidas Jeremy Scott collab shoes from the US I had a friend whose parents owned an outlet in the US and so I asked them you know how much would it be to ship these to Australia and wholesale long story short I created this kind of arbitrage business it was very honestly like a simple business model on getting my different networks to resell and by the time I was 18 I made around half a million dollars in profit so I bought a property I moved out I went into accounting my first year and which is really random I was like oh accounting is the basis of business and so I had an existential crisis I just wanted to honestly look fancy in a big office but after one year I quit and I was like, there's kind of like three things I want to sell. The first was when I quit, a lot of my friends would tell me, you don't know how lucky you are. You don't know how competitive it is to get one of these positions. I would die to, to go and, and work in your in your position. I was like, you know what? I'm really lucky. Like I'm lucky to know what I never want to do again. The second business I started was, you know, an education company. And it was also completely by accident. It basically was running three-week career boot camps around the world. And so it was in Singapore, Hong Kong, Sydney, Melbourne, Shanghai. New York, San Francisco, basically in those three weeks, we would teach students entrepreneurial skills, basically transferable skills where the company will get a, give a problem they're facing within 
one week, they would have to go out, find out what the problem is, prototype something and execute and pitch it back to the company. And I think at that point, you know, having done this for five years, we grew it to a seven figure business, I ended up exiting and selling the IP to another company. And so it really taught me a lot about finding what the problem is finding how to create really simple prototypes with no money. Sometimes no money is a constraint to be if you know, that journey was like, wow, we really need to adapt to new trends and to make sure that even, you know, I started commercial law and accounting both of those things I'm never going to touch again it really was important for me to be like what are the innate skills that I can develop so that it doesn't matter where this industries go it doesn't matter where the world goes I can still adapt myself you know after that I joined another education edutech startup in Singapore helped them raise series a before I joined stripe I think coming into web3 I've just been led by a sense of curiosity over every, anything and I think that you know creating this DAO I thought it makes sense. You know, I don't know anything about DAOs when I started. So I just knew that, well, NFTs are a token and DAOs typically have a token. If I want to give away kind of ownership that a community has that sense of ownership where they can direct decision making, then why not just use NFTs as the token to make those decisions? That's kind of the philosophy that we went in. And we're just also continuing to make things up as we go. And I think this space is innovating as we speak. Nicole has done such a great job innovating with um, NFT IP um, and leading the way with that. And I think that just all comes with experimentation, adapting, often not knowing what we're doing, but being okay with that. <laughs> yeah, no, nothing. And amazing to hear your previous two business completely different, but, you know, being so brave to be able to pivot or see that opportunity and just completely change without prior background in that particular field. But of course you have background in terms of, you know, running a business. And as you said, you've done the kind of business side of things, the law, the accounting. So that, that's just so inspiring to hear that, you know, just kind of be brave and, and, and go towards, you know, that there's a problem you want to solve and you, you just find a solution. And as you mentioned too, like Cole also, I'm just watching all the collaborations recently you've been doing with your H and NFT and with the IP. It's just amazing. So maybe Nicole, you can kind of talk a little bit about your, your, your latest with Uniqlo and more to come, I know. I guess what's the idea and how you shifted the NFT into kind of not just NFT for um, profile pick, but it is really IP around it. Yeah. yeah, for sure. But, you know, I really admire Lily for her stories and I actually didn't know that and now that I know what you've been through in the past I think I really you know respect you more and you're such an entrepreneur yourself I think you you do like inspire a lot of people around you which I think it's really important because especially with this space where it's so new where people are like so afraid to try and I feel that a lot of the times if you don't try you wouldn't know like the outcome so a lot of the things that I have learned for jumping into the space like even like coding and all these kind of things like all these technical things which I never thought that I would learn um, you know, eventually I just picked it up because I just had to know like some lines of code, code before, you know, minting or like deploying the contract. So a lot of the things you can learn online. I'm so grateful for Google and, the, and for internet and for YouTube. You know, you, you can literally learn to do anything in like online. Yeah, so as like an NFT founder, I just recently realized that I was actually minting IPs and just minting photos. I do think that all NFT projects are slowly realizing that at the end of the day, um, other than our awesome community, we actually, like the true value of our NFT projects are the artwork and that is IP itself. But yeah, we have the Unicode collab and all these other amazing things, you know, that the Unicode collab will definitely shift a lot of things in the space. I mean, a lot of NFT projects will actually treat kind of like look at the space differently in terms of collaborations as well I know that last time all the collaborations that everyone has been doing it's kind of like a whitelist collaboration or like everything it's a very digital collaboration but you know with 
with all these brands coming into the space, even with Uniqlo, right? When I first reached out to them, I, it's kind of almost impossible for them to even agree to me because they said that, oh, we have actually never done like a collaboration with an NFT project. So the fact that they actually said yes to us shows that if Uniqlo can, can say yes to us, I think there are no other brands out there that would not do a collaboration with the NFT project. So this is why I do think that if you're an NFT project, you know, things like that, you should definitely have your IP out there. You should definitely have like a simple trademark, like a logo trademark or like IP your artwork because that is a true value. It's just like how Disney owns the IP of Mickey Mouse. And if you kind of like print anything, I mean, if you print Mickey Mouse on anything, and they can actually come after you because that is not your IP. You know, really exciting to see where this space is heading. But I do have a question for Lily. So, well, I'm not that familiar with DAOs as well, but how do you decide what NFTs to buy? Do you have like a weird story or like an awkward situation in the DAO that has happened? That's a really great question. So within the DAO, how we structure it is we create a framework on everybody putting in suggestions based on a series of criteria. Asian was, was on it as well. And people do their research to see what is the attraction, who are the founders, are they dogs, blah, blah, blah. Kind of just like all that research stuff. And then it's narrowed down by the curator group, picks, you know, the top couple of options, and then it kind of goes up into the DAO for a vote. But generally speaking, the ones that have already been put in is put in by the community. There was a really kind of divided topic so we had bought crypto chicks back in the day, you know, obviously with that, like for those who were in the space at the time, they found that, you know, the artist had imitated, I think a Brazilian artist, Illustramanda. It created a huge uproar. And I think at the time, my panic instinct was, oh my gosh, we need to sell it. Like, how could we support something like that where something has been just outright copied? You know, it was really interesting in the discussion because people then said, hey, this is my opinion, but I think we should wait until the leadership team has come out with something. There was both ways of like, do we sell it? Because it means that we are supporting someone who's like outright copied another artist, or do we not sell it? Because then we're putting our bags onto somebody else and someone else is buying it, maybe unintentionally and, and not knowing and kind of dumping it on them. And so even though, you know, in a typical sense, maybe as an owner, I would have just sold it. The thing is, with our community, they're very intentional. We have a lot of lawyers. We have a lot of really intelligent people. And so there was a lot of very much kind of intellectual debate on what to do in the situation. And at the end of the day, it still goes up to the vote. Whichever one wins is the majority and everyone accepts that that's the outcome, whether you initially wanted it or not. And so there are several times where maybe I wouldn't have picked that particular choice, but I was like, wow, you know, my, my mind has changed. So I think it does have its perks in terms of, you know, sometimes with these situations, being able to see different views. And as long as it's kept respectful, I think it has its benefits. Is there like a particular amount? Like like how many needs to vote? Like 100 or, or like 500? You know, At the moment, there's no vote? particular amount. So we did vote in the beginning for non-urgent votes amount is around 24 to 48 hours and then if it's an urgent vote it would be 6 to 12 hours and that's everyone that has nft uh, has a wild pixie will have like one vote per nft correct that's quite yeah that's quite so, a lot of opinions so, to manage as well yeah, yeah so what is the outcome like did they sell it so the first vote that we had was whether or not to sell it straight away and most people voted for let's wait until the team comes out with whatever they, they came out with. And then the second one was more like, should we sell some or not? And so I think at the end, we sold a portion of it. 
but we still have some left. I see. Wait, but then yeah. did you guys even clarify if that incident really happened or is it something that, you know, like someone fudged and then... No, it was clarified by the oh, team. It was clarified. That's why we waited for the team to put out their official notice first. So rather than just like reacting to it, it could have just been fudged. So what they did end up doing was they got rid of the main artist, they transferred the ownership to a new team. And so now I think they were trying to rectify it because the team had no idea. And so they ended up also working with that original artist for something. I think it's good now. I see. That's good. At least they have a happy ending. I, I didn't even know that happened, but you know, now I know. Yeah. A lot of things happen very fast. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's really quick to lose track. I saw that on Twitter, all over, all over Twitter that time too. So it was quite interesting to follow what yeah. was going on. Also, you know, you both mentioned it just happened so fast and there's so many different types of uh, problems, I guess, in this space because also it's growing so fast and not so much regulation. In addition to this, you must see a lot of scam or maybe not scam, but just kind of general loopholes. Yeah. How does general person investing in this kind of deal with that or as a DAO and as a project, how do you deal with it as well? Generally, when we look at projects, definitely we tend not to buy projects like at the very early stages. We do want to see some traction and some, you know, level of execution over a period of time before we invest into it. So that really helps helps prevent it from accidentally buying into a rug. But even if we do, like, then that's a lesson learned. Generally speaking, none of the projects we've bought into so far have been rugs or have been too terrible. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. I mean, that speaks to the research and, and observation that you guys do as well. well. So when you buy the project, so I just going back because Nicole did ask about that as well. Uh, so the DAO votes on it. And then you also mentioned it goes to a greater team. So how does that work? Um, the second layer in terms of voting on it? Right. So we have two clubs. One is a club and one is a charity club. And so the curator club is a pixie that has rainbow purple hair. There's only 10 of them. When we first minted, those went for extremely high prices. Because there are so many voices within the DAO, the curator club helps narrow down those aspects to the things that we want to focus on based on the criteria that we have and the priorities that we have. So it's just a smaller kind of group to help narrow it down. That's basically what it is. The charity club also does the same thing because we automatically donate 5% of our secondary transactions. The charity club puts together kind of charity recommendations and we pick one to donate to every month. So do you see an improvement over, you know, last few months in terms of navigating the space, security um, related in terms of, you know, being careful not just what you invest in, but just being careful with your NFTs, right? Because again, it's not as secure as traditional tools or banking tools, let's say. Do you see improvement or any organization that's actually coming together to do more to help secure the space? Personally, in February, my wallet got hacked. I think immediately after the Wild Pixie Mint, my wallet got hacked. I still don't you know what happened um, because I didn't click on any fishy links, but I think with the amount of my personal security, I had my, my C-Face on a Notion doc. So that was definitely not secure. It was going to happen one way or another but I think mm, right. then I was like wow this is a wake up call put everything like write everything down pen and paper and put passwords in last pass and make sure it's randomized part of it is there's not a lot of tooling that is so user friendly and that prevents these kind of things so I think it is getting built at the moment to make sure that kind of identity layer you know how can you tell if someone has launched a project that is actually from the artist and not just from some person like how do you verify that I've been talking to some different marketplaces like Kraken and they're building these identity layers to make sure that you say who you say you are. I'm not like super, don't know what all the newest progressions are in terms of the wallet security, but 
personally, I've definitely made sure to protect myself more. And we have some like educational stuff to help our pixies also protect their own wallets too. Well, I'm sorry to hear about the February, but yeah, it's really scary in that sense. But as you said, yeah, make sure to then put, get have steps in place to secure the wallets. And that is something that kind of on mine as well, just to see and surprising that not a lot of the larger organizations or even OpenSea, they don't really do anything about it, right? So um, no. it's good to hear there are some conversations going on. Both you and Nicole, both of your collections are part of the HUG cohort. I was curious, can you guys tell us more about your experience? There? Yeah, I feel like my number one most grateful thing for the HUG is meeting Nicole. <laughs> it really gave us an what? opportunity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, wait, that is something that I'm grateful for too. I think we are kind of like best friends in yeah. the space. Yeah. And also fun fact, my name is actually Lily too. So my Chinese name is Lily. We're basically Web3 twins. So like the other day in in Singapore, she was my moderator, but she was the host. And then now I'm your host, you see? Oh yeah, exactly. Exactly. Wait, so I want to go back to the scams and and the wallets and stuff like that. And I think that this is not being said enough, but each time you mint something or, or each time whenever you connect your wallet, do always go to, wait, I what is it called? I think it's called, I think it's called something cash. Um, oh, revoke cash. Oh yeah, revoke cash. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, that one. So go revoke cash. And I think that really helps. And it's because I've been connecting to all these bunch of things. Yeah, and then, you know, sometimes there's a bug in it and then that's how all these hackers, they'll just like, you know, wipe your wallets out, wipe your NFTs out and stuff. And also, I'm not sure if this is true, but then I have been talking to all of my friends that have been hacked before and I always ask them this question is if they have their seed phrase in their iCloud and most of the time it's a yes so yeah not I'm anymore not, yeah so honestly I'm not sure if it's like a data leak I really don't know I don't want to like you know blame iCloud for this if you take a photo of your seed phrase like 100% will get hacked <laughs> my team member in Asian, she got her wallet hacked and I, I asked her, I said, where is the seed phrase? And she said, it's only in her iNote. And her iNote has like a password and it's on the iCloud. So it's either her friend saw her iPad or maybe her friend saw her laptop and maybe went to the notes. I'm not sure. Then later on, it happened to a few of my friends as well. They said that the seed phrase is nowhere else but only in the iCloud, like in the notes. Yeah. Um, so, Don't put yeah. anything that connects to the internet. Mine was also Notion and I also thought it was secure because it you know, um, passworded with Gmail and I also have a security key which Stripe gives me. Even with YubiKey, my Notion still got hacked. And the only reason why I knew it was ha- my Notion got hacked was because they took my hard wallet funds too. And I had no hard, like my hard wallet was nowhere near me. Oh my God. That's, 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 that's crazy. Huh. Okay. So, and I had just gotten the hard wallet. So I had just put the seed phrase in that Notion doc. And that's the only place I had it. So the fact that they, they took my money out of my hard wallet too meant that they hacked my Notion. So we literally have to write it down somewhere. Can't yeah, you got, hack I got to have it on like a rock, man. I feel like this is something that not people are talk enough about. So I think this, all these can be avoided if we have enough education on it. And I think the revoke cash is not being used enough. It's super scary. It's listening to your experience as well. It's just the seat. Yeah. I got I to change some things that I'm doing right now. <laughs> so moving on. No, what's, what's the next trend for Web3 and NFT? Well, I'm really excited for what's next. In terms of Wild Pixies as a DAO, we have a couple of initiatives. The first one was that, you know, we had started these workstations a few months ago where people can be voted in to become workstation leads. And we pay through the DAO to these workstation leads in marketing leads, partnerships leads. Now we have a commercial lead as well. And so these leads, we mint their experience on the blockchain as well as an NFT after the three month period. And a lot of them have gotten hired, like our partnerships lead, Diana, she got hired as full time at World of Women. Other community, Courtney, she's now working at another two 
kind of Web3 companies. This is a great way for people to experience and to execute ideas um, and get paid for it. And so do contributors. I mean, one of the things that I'm really excited by is because we voted in commercial leads, we are starting to do kind of venture building on women-led IP. And so that's why I'm really excited to buy an Asian so I can like our DAO can collaborate with Asian and future kind of physical items as well and have that as part of the, the IP that's used. We're going to be starting to monetize and commercialize different, you know, create storylines or, or lore around specific IP. And so we have a World of Women Night Goddess, which is also worth a lot, but also like boss beauties and the women and weapons. And so we want to start commercializing those things. We also are launching a like kind of the first DAO created NFT collection called Pixie's World. This new collection is completely separate and like Nicole said it's really important for us to have you know IP and since World of like Wild Pixies is a derivative this new collection will have its own IP that its holders can commercialize as well we voted in the artist from our DAO we held like a competition the DAO voted on the artist that would be the person doing the next collection and then we had a process where everyone could submit the ideas around law around the utility around all of the different traits so we kind of co-built this nft collection together i'm kind of in the the final phase for that one it's a lot around skill building we're partnering with like decentraland and nas academy to build like a first apprenticeship to earn model where event organizers who want to transition into a web free career can get verified by decentraland after they finish the course as an official event consultant on kind of as a metaverse consultant so that's a lot of things um (laughs) that we're working on that is that's actually really exciting like what you guys are doing i do see like on the back on what you guys are building and i do see that there is a huge potential and you know when you mentioned about all the nft ips that you own i think that is like the perfect squad goal you know you put asian you put world of women and and, you know women of weapons you put boss beauty together you know i would want to see them fight it's like an avengers movie we should we should make it happen one day you know we should like sign with like a production company and kind of like bring them to life because you because you typically own the ip you can actually make them like a superhero right absolutely exactly yeah okay that's an idea you see it's gonna happen like in five years then we can play back to this <laughs> and be like oh yeah we said this today first of september 2022 i saw like the news that Hermes actually filed trademarked and ip for their digital asset in the metaverse because they plan to build more assets in the metaverse so i love handbags and that is something really exciting to like you know all of your favorite brands jumping into the space really exciting and for Asian, i would say that we just secured like a huge collaboration with Uniqlo and Asian. I think that is something really special to me because my team and I, we have put in about like five months of effort, you know, a lot of calls, a lot of front and back, a lot of cold callings, emailing, and it's really exciting to see like your product come to life in stores, especially like I actually walked past, I was in the city and I actually saw like my tote bag and I was like, wait, that's my tote bag in the middle of the road, you know, like somebody just using Asian tote bag. And I think they don't know what it is. You know, they might just think it's an artwork. So hopefully with more and more collaborations and putting Asian out there out in the wild people are able to explore more about NFTs get more women on the space get more Asians in space like not just Asian like anyone like everyone so that is exciting I think the next few months we have onboarded a few new teams like Web2 Partnership I do foresee that the market might still be at this stage but you know we will still be continue building and we do have new team members coming in to really focus on a lot of Web2 Partnership so yeah really exciting I'm very excited for you and very proud of you as well. Thank you. So amazing. Yeah, I'm proud of you as well. 
you know like i feel that it's not easy especially like during the bear market and a lot of things can look pretty depressed at sometimes you know when you look at the market and a lot of the project we do hold e so whenever the market goes down you know half of our value just goes like down the drain but then at the same time this is why i do think that for all nft projects we can't just be relying on royalties so this is why you know at the end of the day we are a company we will need to make sure that we have income you know not just income but you know you are able to kind of like sustain the company because we do have real people working in here you know sustaining the brand posting social media and they do need money to survive so this is why it's good to have some financial planning as well you know projection of the next few months of the crypto market and then if it's good to sell do sell some so that we can have enough funds to roll the company so this is something that i have learned the hard way but you know we are still learning at the end of the day and i'm really grateful for such an amazing team thanks for sharing your journey into the crypto space and the nft market it was a really good session i'm just in awe of listening to both of you that's why i'm like okay wow this is so cool so inspiring both of you both journey and in continued journey in the nfts and web3 space and just kind of forging ahead with your own you know ideas and being creative in the space so that's so exciting i'm looking forward to seeing more projects in collaboration and maybe any last words in terms of how everyone can help i mean i know obviously you're both women-led projects and both huge advocate of female in you know the web3 space so any other word of advice and what can everyone else do buy an asian well, yeah <laughs> i was just gonna say i was like yeah. support us buy a wild pixies buy an asian <laughs> they're quite you know affordable yes, at sure. the moment yeah. <laughs> even if you don't hold one i think just like in general just like talking about the project or even like tweeting about us or just liking our stuff you know i think that could go a long way as well because i do notice each time i talk to like a web2 company on like a potential collaboration they will actually ask me like how many likes do you have or how many followers do you have and i think numbers do matters to them because that's how they kind of look at our potential and our growth so i do think that you know just by supporting just by tweeting commenting liking and sharing i think that would really give us a lot of other opportunities as well for more people to explore our project so at the end of the day we are here to stay and i'm really excited of to see where asian and wild pixies will go you know i would want to like five years later i want to look back at today and just see like how much we have grown because it had only been eight months since we sold out there's so many things that we have achieved together and i think that is what keeps us really exciting about the space couldn't agree more you know we'll be here building into an empire <laughs> yep let's go i'm bullish sounds amazing looking forward to both empires and looking forward to uh, maybe in five years or maybe less to see the superheroes yeah maybe five um, months who knows yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> five years is five months in this space we can go yeah. start looking for it now anything could happen <laughs> that's true honestly yeah honestly All right. yeah thanks joyce for sounds good thank you today thanks lily for agreeing thank to you. do this podcast and yeah, looking forward to seeing you in singapore yes see you soon that's good thank you Bye and thank you everyone Bye. stay tuned for the next thank you bye